0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of Torch, Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. I apologize that last podcast, the one we recorded this morning, something malfunctioned with my machine and it recorded the whole thing but didn't save the file for whatever reason. So I'd reformatted the whole thing and hopefully. Everything will be beautiful for tonight's class, but I was able to pull the audio from the video. It's not as good. The quality is not as good, a little compromised. So if you're listening on the podcast, I apologize that the previous recording was not up to the standard that we like to produce. All right. To review what we discussed this morning, we said number one is that every mitzvah has an internal existence an internal connection that we need to connect with. It has an internal life that we need to connect with. And we talked about the mitzvah of the four species, the citron, the palm branch, the myrtle, the willow, these four that we bring together. We're going to talk more about that today. But these four species that we bring together and that we shake them in all four directions, what we're doing is we're demonstrating that God is the ruler in every direction and that everything that happens in each of those directions, the four sides of the world, up and down, is the hand of Hashem. And we we talked a lot about internalizing that idea and that message. Additionally, we mentioned that when we go and we shake the lulav away from us and bring it back to us, we're demonstrating that we want to bring it into our body because Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we do a lot of talking, praying. We do a lot of talking. Sukkot is the holiday that we need to do the walking. We need to walk the walk. It's when we need to internalize everything we talked about on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. On Rosh Hashanah, we said, give me a new year because I'm going to change. On Yom Kippur, we said, forgive me for the, for the past sins because I'm going to change. Because I'm making change. I'm making strides. Okay, now is the opportunity when we're actually inside our sukkah to demonstrate that change. What is the change that you're bringing to the table? That's what we're talking about. How do we demonstrate the change? How do we make it real? that it's not just a concept and a theory, but that we're willing to move ourselves to a new plane. I'm a new person. We take the lulav, the etrog, the Hadas, and the arava. We take these four, the citron, the palm branch, the myrtle, and the willow, and we bring them together, and then what happens? What happens is, That we demonstrate God's oneness over the world. God is in control of everything. And that we realize that the only reason we went astray last year and we sinned perhaps is because we let go of that clarity. We need to have that clarity of Hashem being one over the world with no interference, with nothing getting in our way. The Arizal mentions that when a person shakes the lulav, when they bring it back, they should punch their heart a little bit so that we're able to internalize it. It should get into physically into our bodies. We should physically internalize these messages that God is the creator of heaven and earth. God controls everything that happens. There's nothing that happens in this world without Hashem allowing it to happen. Nothing. So if something happens from Russia or Ukraine or something happens in China or North Korea or in the United States or Canada or any place else in the world, it doesn't happen without Hashem willing it to happen. We demonstrate that by shaking the lulav in all four directions. So there's two other parts of the lulav, the palm branch, the etrog, the citron, the hadas, the myrtle, and the arava, the willow, that we need to address. There are two parts of this. Number one, is our sages tell us that each one of those represent a different part of our body. The etrog is like a heart. It's our heart. The lulav is like our spine. The hadas, if you look at the shape of the the leaves of the myrtle, it's like eyes. It looks like an eye. And the leaves of the willow are like the lips. Our sages tell us that the source of all of our sin is these four things, our heart, our eyes, our lips, and our spine. Spine is rebellion. We're standing firm against the Almighty. Our eyes, our eyes see things and we desire things. Our heart, actions that are poorly calculated. And then finally, our lips, we speak negatively about others. So what we're doing is when we collect these four, what we're saying is, we're subordinating all of those four powers to you, Hashem. these four triggers that get us into trouble, Hashem, we're dedicating them to you. number one. But there's something else. you see each of these have a different dynamic. Each of these four one smells good and tastes good, one smells good and doesn't taste good one, doesn't smell good, and doesn't taste good. One, which one did I leave out? One smells good, but doesn't taste good. And one doesn't smell good and doesn't taste good. Okay, so I think we covered them all. Our sages tell us that a person who's all wicked doesn't have a good taste, doesn't have a good scent. Someone who's all righteous has a good scent and a good taste. Someone who is righteous, but doesn't have the greatest, greatest actions. So they can have a good scent, but not a good taste. And the same is with someone who doesn't have such great actions. All right. So these four categories are covered with these four different species. But what do we do on Sukkot? On Sukkot, what, what did we just do yesterday? Yesterday, at this time, we we're all in synagogue still. We we're all in synagogue. And what were we doing? We were praying, Hashem, please forgive us. Hashem, Hashem, you are our God. Hashem, the one and only. We're declaring Hashem's oneness. What are we really saying? We're saying that we aren't meant to be feeling haughty, arrogant, elevated above anyone else. It's only Hashem. The minute we recognize that it's all Hashem, we're all in the same playing field. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're all in the same playing field. So what do we do now when we're trying to bring it into action on Sukkot? We take different fruits that represent all different categories of people. We bring them all together. And we say, you know what we really are? We're all the same. We have a different way in which we serve Hashem. This one a little bit more refined. This one a little bit less refined. But we're all united. When we shake the law of an etrog, we don't hold them separately. We bring them all together. We say, Hashem, we have different styles, different personalities, different character. But we're all united and committed to serving you HaShem. Okay, so this is just a, a brief understanding to what we mentioned earlier today, so that when we continue now to talk about committing ourselves on this holiday of Sukkot, we mentioned that we go into the Sukkah. Our entire body needs to be in the Sukkah. The halacha says, well, 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 if someone has a very small sukkah and they can only fit part of their body, well, if their head and the majority of their body is in the sukkah, that's considered like they were in the sukkah. Why is it important? Well, let's just say the majority. You have to say the head and the majority of the body. Why? Because it's important for us to internalize the ideas from our mind and put it into our action, into our body. How many times do we know something to be true, but it doesn't mean that that's the way we act? Example we gave was the speed limit. We all know the speed limit. Does that mean we observe it? No. Well, if I'm in a rush, it's a suggestion only, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so so that is just a, a suggestion, We all know that there are foods that aren't good for us. But then we're tempted to eat those foods. So just because you know something doesn't mean you observe that something. Just because you know that this is right and or wrong for you doesn't mean you live that way. Who knows that it's not good to smoke? Literally everybody. Everybody knows I recently had a an emergency I was responding to. Someone had terrible chest pain radiating to their left shoulder, to their left jaw. You know, this is classic heart attack symptoms. I said, listen, sir, you really need to go to the hospital. You really, really need to go to the hospital. It's not a joke. He's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's it's happened before. It's okay. I'm going to go to the doctor, waste the whole day, and they're going to give me all these tests, and they're going to say everything's fine, go home. I said, that may be. But if you do have a heart attack and you're not in the hospital, you're dead. So it might be a good idea for you to go and get this checked out, and I hope it really is nothing. And I hope you waste your day knowing that you did the right thing says okay you know what i'll go but i first need to have one more cigarette and you're like what in the world are you thinking right and that's all of us all of us like just just one more jelly bean and then i start my diet just one more you know we if we know that it's bad for us then why one more But what do we do? We put it aside. We say, look, this is an addiction and I can't overcome it or it's not a big deal. I know people who live to 150 and they still smoke, right? People rationalize even the things that they know are not good for them. What we're doing with going out of the comforts of our home, going into a sukkah, what we're doing is demonstrating that we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. We're putting it into action. We're not just saying that we're changing, we're demonstrating that change. Yeah, you know why we got we sinned last year? Because we got comfortable, we were sitting in our own homes, we have our air-conditioned homes, everything is comfortable, and we just get carried away. Shem, we're not going to let that happen this year. Oh, but I'm going to be in the sukkah and it's going to be so hot. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm just going to walk right back inside. Show that commitment. Show that you're going to make that change. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. You're not going to be trapped by your materialism. You're not going to be trapped by your physical world. You're going to get out and live in God's world. You're going to demonstrate that you put your full trust in Hashem. You're going to demonstrate that even if it's uncomfortable and it's a little hot in Houston or if you're in Chicago, right, Lauren, it's a little bit cold. And if you're in other places of the world, you can have different climates. Some places it's very rainy, but we're not stopping our commitment to Hashem and demonstrating that we're ready to put it into action. So now we talk about, and we also mentioned, this is a sidebar, in case those of you listening online tried to listen to the recording this morning, and you're like, it's too poor of a recording, so I'll just repeat this, that for a sukkah to be kosher, it needs to have two and a half walls. Our sages tell us the two and a half walls represent the hug from Hashem. So this is a wall, this is a wall, and this is the half a wall where God is hugging us. God is saying, ah, I love you. I accept your repentance. I, re- I accept your request to make a change in your life. Here, I'm going to hug you, bring you close to me. And that's what we try. The halacha says that a person should do everything they possibly can in their sukkah. Whatever you can do. You're reading a book, read it in the sukkah. You're learning Torah, do it in the sukkah. You're schmoozing with some friends, you can do it on your couch. You can also do it in your sukkah. Yeah, but it's more comfortable on my couch. That's the point. Get a little uncomfortable. You're not going to run a marathon by being comfortable. You're not going to win any race by being comfortable. You need to make yourself uncomfortable to succeed and to thrive. It's that push that excels us to get to the next level. That's what we're aiming for in our Sukkah. So we talked about trying to attain a deeper sense of wisdom through the Lulav, through the Esrog, through the Hadassim and the Aravos. So now we're going to continue we mentioned previously that by shaking the lulav we get a deeper understanding a clarity, a wisdom that hopefully awakens our feelings, our connection. When we are able to take this lulav, this esrog, we're going to call it the lulav package, okay? When we take the lulav, and we're able to shake it in all four directions, what are we doing? We're internalizing and getting a better clarity that Hashem is in control of this world. That's what we're trying to do. number often prati, in a personal level, however, Yesh Bechol Yom Mido Achas. Every day of the seven days of Sukkot, there is a different trait. Shehi Hamit Oreret Be'ofen Mi That is readily tangible, readily available on that day. Every day of the holiday of Sukkot has a different character. We know that we have. The visitors. Anybody familiar with the visitors? We have the Ushpizin. We have the visitors that come to our sukkah. It starts with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, Moses, Aaron, David. Every night is a different one of our patriarchs that come and visit our sukkah. Now, what does it mean? Abraham actually comes? Abraham is sitting there at our sukkah? No, but his spirit, the force, the power Behind Abraham's character is around and tangible on that day. <speaking in Hebrew> there are seven days in the holiday of Sukkot, Shehem <speaking in Hebrew> Sheva which are uh, parallel to the seven Sphirot, <speaking in> Hamidot, <Hebrew> the characters, the characteristics of God. And in each one of the days of the holiday, and in each one of the days of the the holiday of Sukkot, we get another level of godliness that is revealed to us. Which is directed specifically for that day. So each day there is a special trait that gets revealed And gets incorporated into the access of that day. Of the spheros, every day there is one that is attainable. These are godly traits, powers that we can connect to on each of these days so what it, what happens here what we're able to do is that God has many different characteristics that we can connect to Hashem is one and only one but there are many different aspects of God that we can connect with God's kindness, God's, God's mercy God's patience Etc. Cetera, et cetera, Each one of these are readily available on a different day of the holiday of Sukkot. But what do they all lead to? Okay, so let's say I got all of them. What does that help me? Well, it helps me because each one of them identify the oneness of Hashem. Which is not an easy thing. Okay, we're going to go do something that we we talked about before Yom Kippur. Is anybody here committed to idolatry? Well, no hands. Nobody's committed to idolatry. But yet we see in the Torah, like we are a bunch of dummies, we see in the Torah a warning after another, after another, after another. Don't serve idolatry. Don't fall to the trap of idolatry. Idolatry, idolatry, idolatry. Moses warns us, I don't know, that, 10 or 20 times in the book of of Deuteronomy not to fall to the trap of idolatry I mean come on we're civilized Jews we all went to synagogue for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur we're committed to our Jewishness what idolatry who's going to bow down to idols now we're bowing down to some stone we're bowing down to some idol come on None of us are serving idolatry. Well, what is idolatry? Idolatry is anything that takes the place of God. Anything. That could be fashion. That could be materialism. That could be our homes. Uh, that could be our cars. That could be anything that gets in our way. Anything that gets in our way of serving Hashem, it can also be our phones, by the way. Should I go pray, or should I just spend more time scrolling on my phone? Well, that becomes an idolatry. It gets in the way with our service of Hashem. So what the Torah was talking about, idolatry, is not necessarily bowing down to the idol, the 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 idol of uh, of Baal, or of you know any of the others, that's not necessarily what it means. It means our own idolatry that we have today in our world that blocks us from our connection to Hashem's oneness. When we are able to bring. The four species together and sit in our sukkah and observe this holiday appropriately. What we're doing is we're bringing that oneness to a level of clarity that hopefully stays with us forever. This clarity, hopefully, is able to influence each and every one of us each day of the holiday. To give us the light of that power, that force that is readily available on that day. I'll give you an example to this. You know, every day, uh, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur was yesterday. Everyone felt something special in Yom Kippur. There's some feeling. How do you, how do you, Put your finger on it. Like, what's that feeling? What, what is it? What is it? But we all felt it. Everybody felt it here. Everybody was in synagogue for Kol Nidre, for Musaf, or Ne'ilah, and we all felt something. What was that something? That was the revelation of Hashem that each one is able to access. We all felt it. We all know that it was there. If someone says, ah, you didn't feel anything, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was I was connected. I I I I knew it. That same access is available on each of the days of Sukkot. Now we think it has to be a lightning bolt coming from heaven and telling us, oh, this is me, I am God, and I'm here to let you know that you're forgiven. No, that's not the way it comes. It comes in the form of accessing a, a clarity, having a, a, an ability to connect with God on a different level. Each one of these characteristics has a different way in which you need to work on it. It comes with, we, we mentioned previously, that every holiday, to make it and to internalize it properly, you have to prepare. You can't just show up on Rosh Hashanah and say, hey, I'm here. I'm here, Rosh Hashanah. I don't feel it. Sorry. Or Yom Kippur. It takes preparation. That preparation could be 40 days prior to Yom Kippur. A whole month of El, preparing ourselves. We did many of those podcasts to prepare ourselves as much as possible for these in, in, enormous days. Any holiday that we want to gain access to, we have to prepare ourselves. So we have preparation. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is preparation for Sukkot. By the way, Sukkot was the, is the festival of joy. Every holiday has a different characteristic. We know that Pesach is the holiday of freedom. Sukkot is the holiday of joy. Very interesting that the holiday of joy, do you know what the Jewish people did? No other nation does this. Over the entire holiday of Sukkot, we brought 70 extra offerings so a lot of offerings, seventy. You know why? To serve as an atonement for each of the seventy nations of the world. You know that? Every day of the holiday of Sukkot, there were a certain. One day, ten. One day, twelve. One day, seven. Each day, there was a different calculation of how many offerings. A total of seventy extra offerings. For the 70 nations of the world. Why? Because we have such an incredible clarity that comes on this day, this time of the year of Sukkot, that you know what we say? Ah, we understand our full responsibility here. Our full responsibility is not only ensuring that we do the right thing. But our responsibility is also ensuring that the nations of the world do the right thing. And if the nations of the world didn't do the right thing, it's our fault. Because who's meant to be the example for the nations of the world? We are. And if the nations of the world didn't see a good example in us, and they saw that, God forbid, the scammers, oh, they're all Jews. The cheaters, they're all Jews the ones who were being indicted and this and that, all Jews. Oh, does, how does that work, being the chosen nation and not being the light to the nations of the world? Not being that beacon of light that Hashem demands of us in Deuteronomy. Where Moshe implores on the Jewish people, recognize that you are meant to be a light unto the nations. That's your responsibility. And they don't heed the calling. And we just go about our lives and just want to be like everybody else. Let's just assimilate. Let, why can't we just get along? The Torah tells us you're meant to be different. You're not supposed to assimilate. The nations of the world don't want us to assimilate. By the way, if you look at history, if you look at history, you'll see that when the jewish people were wealthy and successful the nations our host nations complained that we had all the money we were controlling the banks we were controlling society we were co- controlling everything so when we were doing well they complained when we were poor the nations complained oh you're leeches you're taking our money you're you're a nuisance to our to our uh, Government, to our culture, to our people. It's unbelievable. Whatever we were, in whatever state we were at, they complained. Doesn't that tell us something? Doesn't that tell us something that they're always complaining no matter what it is that we do? Why is it that they complain? They complain because we're not living up to our responsibilities. You're trying to cheat here and cheat there and get a better deal there and trying to... there. Are, by the way, the Torah talks about this. The Torah says exactly how to conduct business properly. By the way, do you know that the Torah says that even if you don't use a measure for, way, for weight, so if you have one of those the way they used to measure fruit. So you'd have a five-pound stone, a 10-pound stone, and then you'd weigh it against the bananas or whatever else that you were buying, and you would see if it's if it's a balanced weight. So what's if it says five pounds, but it's really four pounds? What's if it says five pounds, but it's really six pounds? Either way, you know what the Torah says? It doesn't say don't use it. It says don't even own it because by mistake you might come to use it. You'll forget. Your child will find it. They'll say, oh, it's a five-pound weight. And it might not be. says five pounds. You're really giving them four pounds of bananas. Torah says don't even hold on to it. Get rid of it. Why? So you don't come to a place. where. That's how careful we need to be. The nations of the world are looking at us. And we need to be an example. If you look in the Torah, the Torah shows us, the Torah tells us and warns us that we're going to be held accountable. You don't need the ADL and you don't need all of the other organizations, Bridge Houston, if the Jewish people are doing their thing. If the Jewish people are conducting their lives appropriately, there won't be anti-Semitism. You look in the Torah. The Torah says the reason for anti-Semitism is that God uses the nations of the world to move us back in, into the right place. And if we don't, Hashem has to punish us. And it's tragic. It's devastating. It's not good. Every day of the holiday of Sukkot, we're able to connect on a deeper level. We're able to bring a different level of godliness into our lives. We're able to bring a different level of that oneness into our consciousness. Make it real. It shouldn't be a concept alone. It's real. I feel God's closeness to me. Not just conceptually. That's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah, we're making God king over us. Yom Kippur, we're asking for forgiveness. We are recognizing. one second, Hashem was there the entire time. I didn't even realize. How can I have done all these sins? Hashem, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I see now that you're my God. I see now that you're alive. I see now that you're here. Okay, now what? We just go back to regular lives? No, 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 no. We're going to take a step out of our house. We're going to go into our sukkah and we're going to demonstrate that we're not living by the laws of comforts. We're not living by the laws of materialism. We're going out. We're going into our sukkah and we're going to take these four species that represent all of humanity, all the different types of human beings and we're going to bring them all together. We're going to demonstrate that all of mankind is recognizing Hashem's oneness and control over everything. Yom Aleph Shel Hagasukos, he midas achesed shiniano ahava. He says, the first day of Sukkot, the connection that you're able to, the dominating connection of God is through kindness. How do you get to that kindness? Love. Love. That's why it's the characteristic of Abraham. Abraham, what did Abraham do? Abraham opened his doors on all four sides and he was looking for guests. Guys, come in, come in, come in. Everybody come in. He was just, uh, the the first soup soup kitchen, just love, love. Friendship, anybody who needed, come to Abraham, he's got you covered. That's us the first day of Sukkot. The second day of Sukkot, Midata Gvura. She na Yirah. What's Gvura? A, a, a strength, a firmness, commitment that's unwavering, which is represented by Isaac. What is Yira? Yirah we mentioned this morning. Yirah is loosely translated as fear. Yirah fear of heaven. But the truth is that the word yirah means to yerae. You need to have clarity, you need to be able to see properly. What yirah really means is to put God into perspective. When we're able to understand that God is creator of heaven and earth and that there is nothing that we are capable of without Hashem giving it to us as a gift. Anybody here talented in any specific area of life? A great speaker, a great singer, a great dancer, a great writer, a great thinker. Any, any talent. Where do we get those talents from? Hashem. What do we say when someone passes away? When someone passes away, it's a verse from the prophets. Hashem Natan, Hashem Lakach. <laughs> Hashem gave and Hashem took. Hashem The name of Hashem should be blessed. Everything that we have is Hashem giving it to us. Someone who's very wealthy. You know who gave them that money? Hashem, not their wisdom. People think like, oh, they're so smart. That's why they made all that money because they went to school and they educated. Tell me the five wealthiest people on planet Earth and I'll show you people who didn't finish school. One has nothing to do with the other. We like to believe that it does. We convince ourselves. Every time we say, oh, finished school, now what are you going to do? And by the way, how many people go to school and they're, actual livelihood has nothing to do with what it is they went to school for. I graduated as a lawyer, but now I'm practicing as a a real estate agent. I've heard so many people like that. What does one have to do with the other? Nothing. But when we talk about connecting with Hashem, making it real in our lives. We have to have the proper perspective. We have to understand that everything we have is a gift from Hashem. So if you have the ability to give charity, it's not a place for a person to be arrogant. On the contrary, it's for a person to be humble, recognizing that he's the distributor for the Almighty. (inaudible) Biyom gimel, what's gimel? Midas hatiferes. To have a close relationship with God. There's a special thing on the third day of the holiday. A person can have something called dvekos. Dvekos is like to be stuck closely to God. Devek means tape. Scotch tape is devek. Madbeka is a sticker. Dvekos is being connected with God one with God. Then we have on the fourth day, midas hanetzach, nitzachon veakshanus, a steadfastness, a closeness to God that is to fight all of the barriers. Yom he on the fifth day, it's hod, ha'kara it's recognizing the truth and admitting the truth. Yom vav, the, the, the the sixth day is Yisod, which is a connection, a strong connection, feeling a bond with God. And Yom Zayin, the seventh day of Sukkot, is Midat Malchus, which is kingship, Kabbalos, all Emunah, which is being able to take the yoke of God, the burden of, uh, of godliness, and having that Emuna. What is Emunah? Emunah's knowledge. The deepest. Faith means, I believe, yeah, someplace, uh, somewhat. Other nations talk a lot about faith. Leap of faith. They take a leap of faith. Judaism doesn't believe in faith. We believe in knowledge. V'yeda. Ki ata shimcha Hashem. V'yeda kol pa'ul. Every person needs to know. It's about knowledge of Hashem. Do I I know if they're coming? I don't know, but I believe, I think, I have faith. No, 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 no. Knowledge is much stronger than all of those. So if someone asks you, do you believe in God? You can say yes, but I have something stronger than belief. And that's knowledge. Because knowledge is firm. Having a belief in something is like, if they don't break my trust, then I still believe them. But that's not necessarily firm. Knowledge is firm. I believe there's a God. I believe that everything is in His hands or I know that everything is from Hashem. Diana, Yom Dal, we said, is, is, uh, is akshanut, which is stubbornness, to be stubborn for the sake of Hashem. That's the fourth. That's the fourth. That's the fourth day. Okay, we'll go through it after. Okay. And every single day of the holiday of Sukkot, and every single day of the holiday of Sukkot, we need to work to acquire the trait of that day and the force, the power. We have... Um, each one of the characters of the Yushpizin represent these characteristics. All right, that's why Yosef doesn't go in the proper order. Yosef is later because Yosef is is Yisod. Yisod is the day six, so we jump till day six for when we have Yosef. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, no. So we're here. It has day number four for Yosef. Day number four, which is Nitzachon and Akshanut. So, but I know that there are two different there are two different orders that people use. That's not necessarily in the order. Also, we see Moshe's before Aaron, even though Aaron was older than Moshe. So, I believe that Yosef is 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 moved to a different day. But either way, Vilahaliv is ba. Vilahaliv is ba that a person should that a person should get themselves excited about these traits to inspire themselves by knowing and having a clarity of Hashem's oneness That it's not a theory. It's in action. I see it. I know it. We mentioned previously that one of the things a person needs to do is to really internalize the message of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur into Sukkot. Because that battery pack needs to last us all the way till Pesach. It's a long winter. We have six months. It's a leap year this year. It's a long winter. And the truth is in Houston here, we're actually looking forward to winter because it's been like a 1,000 degrees every day. So we were, we don't mind getting a little, a little chilly. But the truth is, is that with that, we get, when it gets cold, we get into our homes a little bit more. We get more comfortable. We have our couches and our carpets and all of our, all of our yummy sweaters and all of those things. We get more immersed in our physicality. We get more immersed in our physicality. And that's a trap. And that's a trap because once we're more comfortable, what happens? Vaishmani Shurun See it in this past Torah portion of Ha'azinu. At the Jewish people, the nature is when you get too comfortable, what do you do? You start rebelling. It's all me. Very nice. God, God, yeah. Yeah. It's all me. I have the strength. I have the power. I have the money. And that's something that's a very, very dangerous. This is all of this we can take in from the light of the holiday of Sukkot. He says, he says, also, you know what you need to do in order to get the most out of the holiday? You have to daven for it. You have to pray for it. It doesn't just come. It doesn't just one day you pick up the lulav an and an and like, oh, I feel such a connection to it. You got to pray for it. Hashem, give me the connection to these mitzvahs. I'm about to perform your mitzvahs. I have no idea what the meaning is. I have no idea what the purpose is. Hashem, give me, open my heart so that I can feel connected to it. That's part of making it real. And doing what we can with each mitzvah to make it real. So, for example, the menorah that we're going to light in Hanukkah. It's only two months away. Wow, right? We're going to light the menorah. So we're lighting the menorah the same way we lit it when we were 12 years old and uh, back when we were school children. Or are we taking it a whole nother level? Well, if we prepare for it and we pray for it, that it shouldn't just be the holiday festival of lights. We sing the same songs and eat the same foods and goodbye Holiday came, holiday left, and that's it. Or are we going to elevate this holiday? Make it into something really, really special. You know how you do that? You learn about it. You research. You try to connect to it. But most of all, you pray for it. You say, Hashem, open my heart so that when I light the menorah this year, it shouldn't just be like an ordinary year. I should feel a connection to it. And it's the same thing with the holiday of Sukkot. It's the same thing with our sitting in the sukkah and our shaking of the lulaf. Hashem, it shouldn't just be an ordinary Sukkot this year. I want something special. I want to connect to the depths of it. We're only touching, scratching a little bit of the surface of it. But Hashem, I want to connect to the depths of it. Help me. Open my eyes. Gal enai. Reveal it to my eyes. And I should see the greatness of your Torah. We study Torah. Eh, sometimes the rabbi's class is a little bit better, a little bit worse. Eh, it's okay. It's good. No. There's unbelievable depths in Torah. I want to connect to it. es He says, definitely a person needs to do whatever they can to distance themselves from things that are contrary to these magnificent traits of Hashem. We have to, I'll give you an example. The halacha says that one mockery, one comedy show can remove 70 inspirations you know what happens you go to a lecture and you get really inspired go to another imagine you go to 70 lectures it's really inspiring you're really inspired now you're on it you're on fire you watch one comedy show it erases 70 inspirations something to, to think about Maybe we should think twice. Why? Because what does a comedy show do? It makes light of everything. It makes light. It's not a joke. It's not, it's not something serious. Everything's just a joke. You can laugh about anything. Laugh about anybody. Nothing means anything anymore. As long as you have a good time. As long it's clean fun. That's what people say. Clean fun. No. Mockery is a very, very powerful negator to spirituality. You want to connect spiritually mockery is not it. mockery makes everything light. It takes away the inspiration. It takes away everything. there's no there's no God-fearing people in that industry I guarantee you they're thinking all day how to make serious things a joke. if taken it too far. Marriage is a joke. Parenthood is a joke. Education is a joke. Values is a joke. There's nothing, nothing anymore. And anybody's a target. So if you're trying to get inspired from the holiday of Sukkot, there are things that a person should keep away from so that it opens up those channels. Of connection. You want to be a vessel that is able to contain that holiness, that connection, that oneness with Hashem? You got to remove the barriers. What are those barriers? Every person has to figure out for themselves. Hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, I've had people here have said, what do I do with that neighbor, that cousin, that relative? They think they're better than everybody. Whenever we have, I don't want to invite them to my house. I've had people say here in the class. I have that family member, that one family member comes from out of town. They make fun of everybody. They're so arrogant. They take all the air out of the room. Nobody wants to be around them. What should I do? Should I invite them for Thanksgiving? I don't want them there. Well, if they're not a good influence, if they're not a good force in your life, why are you including that? Unless you're able to change that. Unless you're able to say, listen, we really want you to be there. But it's not the, you know, they talk, some people talk about things that you don't want them talking about. For I'll give you an example myself. I don't like when people talk about movies at my Shabbos table. I feel it's contrary to the spirit of Shabbos. Shabbos. To talk about movies. It's my personal thing. There's no halacha that says that it's not permitted. There's no halacha that says that it's not permitted. To me, I just, I find it contrary to the spirit of Shabbos. My personal thing. So if someone's going to come, and I know that this is what they like to talk about, I can have one of two options. Either I don't invite them, or I ask them, if you don't mind... We don't like to talk about movies around the Shabbos table. It's the time we want to talk about inspiration. It's a time that we want to connect. We don't want to talk about outside things. If you don't mind, if you can just hold it off till after the meal. So like this, it doesn't counter the inspiration that you're trying to benefit from on Shabbos. It's okay. It's not rude, is it? trying to live an inspired life, a a life that is hopefully enriched, uplifting. In order for us to become a vessel for goodness, we have to be able to remove the negative influences that are sitting there. Definitely not to invite them in. So, the, the, the work every day of the holiday, when we are shaking the lulav back and forth, it's one action that really has two components to it. We're asking for clarity. We're asking for a renewed connection with God. To really feel it, that it should be real in our lives. That it should become not just a concept, but an actual concept reality in our lives where God is there present not just in the theory present Va in the second part to bring the power of that day so number one is we want to have our own clarity with Hashem but then to channel the clarity of Hashem of kindness on day number one. And think about it. How kind is Hashem? Oh, it's unreal. There's nothing in the world that compares to Hashem's kindness. Okay, just by a show of hands, yesterday we mentioned was Yom Kippur. Okay, who feels that perhaps maybe, oh, just maybe, today already, 24 hours since, we weren't exactly on our perfect game. Anybody? Anybody? Aside from me? Anybody aside from me? Right? And yet, Hashem didn't say, one second. You didn't, uh, you you said yesterday that you're going to be much better. You said that you're going to change your ways. You didn't. Oh, let me turn. Power off. Power off. Let me just uh, stop your lungs from working for a few minutes just so that you can feel that this is a serious deal here. No, we don't have such a thing. Why? Because Hashem is abundantly kind. Hashem is, Hashem is so gracious. Hashem is so giving. Hashem is so loving. And when we think about that on day number one, it's not only that we feel Hashem's presence, it's a whole other level of that presence where we're feeling that kindness is real. And so too each and every day in its own respective power and force that comes down on that day, the way it's manifested. And to work, to work, to spend time to feel and to acquire that trait. And this is why we don't just shake the lull of one time. We do one time in our sukkah, we say the blessing, we shake in all four directions, up and down, and we're good to go. True. But then we open up the halal, and we start singing Hashem's praises, and we start shaking for hodu once, and hodu a second time, and then we say, we, we, we shake so many different times, on a Hashem, please Hashem, we shake it another twice, and then hodul Hashem again at the end, another twice. Shake it many times. Why? to bring it into our consciousness, to make it real. Because every single time that we shake the Lulav Tzoruch, we need to again awaken within ourselves and re-accept. A whole new level of clarity, hopefully, that gets infused within us every time we shake the Lulav. And hopefully be able to connect with that manifestation of that day and internalize it. To put it into our heart. To make it into a fiery flame within us. That it's not just a concept, it's a reality. On the first day, he should have in mind that the clarity of Hashem should awaken within him the trait of love. That when he shakes the lulav, that when we shake the lulav, we don't just shake the lulav, okay, I'm done. done. Three this way, three that way, three that way, that way, up, down, and now I'm good to go. He says, shake the lulav till you feel it, and ask, and hopefully merit to attain that trait. You're able to shake that lulav and know that you're, you're shaking in all directions, that everything that happens in this world is Hashem, and you feel it. Now when you feel it, now you can ask Hashem, say Hashem, I want to feel that love. I want to feel that kindness. Hashem bestow upon me this holy, lofty trait. And then hopefully we will be able to feel the closeness and the love from God deep within ourselves. So, It's not our ordinary shaking of a lulav. It's not our ordinary exercise of musr, but it really is trying to make it real within each and every one of us. That what we're doing here on Sukkot is making godliness part of our lives. We internalize it by leaving our comforts But even more so by bringing together this eclectic group of fruits, bringing them together and shaking them in all directions, trying to internalize this message, Hashem is one. Hashem is master of the universe. And every day there are different powers, different forces we're trying to internalize. We're asking Hashem, give us clarity. My dear friends, Hashem should bless us all and it should be an amazing Sukkot. It should be an amazing Sukkot. We should feel that closest. We should feel that connection and God willing be able to celebrate the holiday of Sukkot in Jerusalem with the rebuilt temple. Already this year, get your tickets. Mashiach comes tomorrow. We go. All right, my dear friends, thank you, thank you. Have a good night.